0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tantra's Mantra, where we go behind and beyond the tech news headlines. I'm your host, Prakash Sangam, founder and principal at Tantra Analyst. Uh, If you are in the tech world, it is impossible to miss the news cycle going around Apple Vision Pro uh, pre-ordering, shipping, reviews, and so on. All of that is bringing the focus back onto AR, VR, MR market. I'll use XR as a proxy for you know, all these acronyms. Uh, So to be accurate, Apple calls Vision Pro a special computer, a standalone computer that, uh, you know, you hang off your head. Uh, But indeed, it is a mixed reality headset. No questions about that. Uh, I had a separate episode uh, discussing Vision Pro announcement. Uh, Please do check that out. But today's discussion is not about Vision Pro. Uh, Instead, it's about competition in the XR industry as a whole, and specifically looking at the enterprise market. You know, XR, in its over a decade of existence, had its fair share of, uh, you know, hype and bus cycles, many ups and downs, etc. Among all these chaos about its relevance, use cases, metaverse hype, and so on, one thing has been steady fast, and that is its relevance to the enterprise market. And it's, you know, proven uh, in the last couple of years as well, especially in the training and the education space. That will be the primary focus of our discussion today. And uh, to discuss that topic with me, we have a special guest uh, on our show. And that is Vishal Shah, a good friend and the general manager of XR and Metaverse business at the enterprise giant Lenovo. Vishal, welcome to the show
1: hey prakash uh, thank you so much for having me on tantra's mantra i love i love the ring to that tantra's mantra i i i like that
0: <laughs> thank you so yeah again uh, welcome to the show and uh, very glad to have you here we've been having a lot of conversations offline about the topic then i thought why not we have it online and uh, and the timing is perfect as well you know the the industry is buzzing with uh, the thing they talked about so To get started could you give us a quick background on your career and your uh, role and responsibility at uh, lenovo
1: yeah so i as you mentioned i'm currently the general manager of our xr spatial compute and the enterprise metaverse business here at lenovo Uh, lenovo as you know uh, but i just want to make sure some of our guests know it's a 60 billion dollar conglomerate that works on devices Uh, that we call uh, from the pocket to the cloud, all the way from brands like Mm -hmm. uh, Motorola smartphones to iconic brands like the the ThinkPad and ThinkStations on the laptop side. uh, And then uh, one of the largest uh, edge and data center businesses in the world, right? And as part of that Mm -hmm. uh, digital transformation uh, that uh, Lenovo is responsible for, Lenovo has made a big commitment to the XR space. I've had the honor of leading that business for almost uh, two and a half years. And uh, I I started my career at uh, Motorola, the original Motorola, before it was sold to Google. And then eventually, Mm. the mobile device part was acquired by Lenovo. So in some ways, I've come full circle back to the mothership. Uh, And uh, after that, I uh, I moved to San Diego to work for Qualcomm, where I worked on a variety of uh, new incubation technologies, bringing them to like billion dollar business scale. Uh, and then, uh, and after that, cut my teeth on various startups in the Bay Area and uh, and then ended up at uh, Lenovo about two and a half years ago.
0: Very well. And Lenovo being a, a huge uh, enterprise conglomerate, I think uh, XR is a, in a major role to play there. So it's a perfect uh, matchup. As a... Yeah. yeah. So as I mentioned, I mean, um, you know, XR had seen ups and downs. Metaverse has come and gone. At least uh, the hype uh, about it has come and gone. So how do you define the current state of XR industry today?
1: You know, to, to me uh, and to Lenovo, XR has always been about outcomes and solutions for the enterprise, right? So I think that uh-huh. uh, that has been our remit and that has been our mission. How do we make sure that XR can be used for the digital transformation journey into the 3D internet for these enterprises? And how can we create a end-to-end solution that makes it very easy for enterprises to scale, deploy, and manage applications for AR, VR? So think of it as like making it as easy as deploying PC endpoints in the enterprise, right? Right now, companies Mm -hmm. deploy millions of PCs uh, to their end users and end customers, and it's, it's easy to scale. The, the software ecosystem is stable, the OS is stable, the hardware is cutting edge. So we're trying to Emulate the same model on the AR/VR side as well. Now, where the industry sees these boom and bust cycles, and as you likely said, has been more on the consumer side mm-hmm. of the metaverse, right? Where people thought that the metaverse is going to be this dystopian, you know, uh, Ready Player One kind of situation where people, like consumers, are talking to each other in XR glasses and you know, spending their entire day in these uh, AR/VR glasses. You know, our view of the metaverse has always been the industrial metaverse. It has always been the uh, you know, how can we you know transform the 2D internet to the 3D internet where it's more applicable? And how do we create digital twins of various factories, industries, digital twins of medical devices, and even patients, so that we can use them to be a lot more efficient, to learn faster, train faster, and analyze data in a more efficient way?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, as you rightly say, it's like another endpoint uh, for you know enterprises, right? It's not using XR for the sake of XR, but finding a right use case and using all the tools available, including XR handset and the system uh, to solve the challenges, uh, you know.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And, And you mentioned your focus has been on enterprise. Why? I mean, Leno has a consumer business, right, in terms of laptops and others. So why only focus on enterprise for XR?
1: Yeah, on the enterprise front, we feel that the outcomes, the ROI, are proven right now and can be easily deployed in these enterprises that we are working with. So, a perfect example mm-hmm. is when it comes to training uh, and employee onboarding, right? With 10,000 baby boomers retiring every day, they are now being replaced by millennials and Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's a known fact that when we train somebody in an XR environment, they are 4X more likely to retain this information the error rate goes down to almost zero mm-hmm. the amount of time it takes to fix a particular problem is reduced by almost 300 percent so those are the outcomes when you're working on a gas turbine or when you're you know, training somebody to become a nurse or a doctor i mean those outcomes transfer mm-hmm. you know a small percentage of a billion dollar problem and that that saves the companies hundreds of millions of dollars right so the outcome the roi is is significant there and if you look at the the device cost right now, I mean, they're still you know in the 500 to uh, 1500 dollar range, unless you take some outliers, uh, you know, that have been announced recently, mm-hmm. where that pricing is more appropriate for the enterprise as well, right? So that's why our focus was purely on the enterprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other reason why we focused on the enterprise is we we saw a clear gap in the ability of market to provide end-to-end solutions and that's where uh, lenovo has the skills to provide that complete stack that that an enterprise needs and by that stack we've created four elements one is cutting edge hardware which is sort of our bread and butter Mm -hmm. Uh, the second is what we call our cloud-based think reality software system which helps you helps you work with MDMs uh, like Microsoft and AirWatch, helps you deploy content. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know, one of the biggest challenges in XR is it's not like regular PCs or smartphones. It requires quite significant amount of 3D content. It requires certain kind of kiosk modes for them to operate well. So we've created that software layer Uh, that helps enterprises and IT administrators do that. Uh, The third element is creating a robust ISV ecosystem Mm -hmm. that is open and that's uh, supported by Android. It's not a siloed system, so anyone can develop on that. So we've got over 100 ISVs Mm -hmm. that are working on various verticals. So that's sort of our third uh, leg of our strategy. And the fourth one, which I believe is extremely important and what we're getting recognized for, is our ability to provide enterprise services like security, uh, like uh, uh, end-to-end warranty in 180 countries, mm-hmm. like providing device as a service and leasing services so you can convert from mm-hmm. uh, CapEx to OpEx, right? So those are the kind of services that only a company like the Lenovo, uh, which has been in this enterprise for several decades can provide yep. at a global scale. And when large companies are looking to deploy this and make this investment mm-hmm. worldwide, You know, they want to make sure that we have a footprint in all the countries and continents that they operate in, number one. And number two, they want to work with a partner who brings a solution that's going to be around uh, and that's going to be flexible for several years so that their investment is safe.
0: Very well. So I think, uh, as I mentioned, and you indicated as well, training in enterprise, I think it's a proven use case. Any other major use cases that you're looking at or have the potential to grow up to the training?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The other one that's really emerging right now is 3D collaboration, right? So right now you and I are, mm-hmm. you know, talking on on uh, rectangular squares on a Zoom call or a Teams call. Mm-hmm. But imagine that, hey, I want to show you what my new consumer package good design looks like or what my new engine that I'm uh, designing looks like. And I need your help fixing it or making some modifications. We could quickly go from a 2D call to a 3D call by getting into our uh, XR devices. So being able to transform the way we work uh, in a more collaborative environment is a game changer that's already happening. And that leads to significant efficiency in being able to get your tasks done faster. Mm-hmm. And that also, it's a great environmental play because now instead of having five engineers to mm-hmm. come to your headquarters or your design factory, you're now doing it remotely. Uh, and it just it's a huge cost benefit and ROI to the company because now you're collaborating in this mode and being able to uh, you know make things more efficient and more clear on the fly. And and just an extension of that is in the sales and marketing arena, right? You you're seeing mm-hmm. more and more of these conferences becoming more virtual. Uh, if I want to explain to a doctor how a particular heart stent works, I don't have to fly out mm-hmm. to him or her uh, and then take a special appointment. I can just do it online. I can help you design your next house uh, using a VR headset and actually walk you through what it looks like. So you can have a real feel of the color palettes and you you and your wife could be in different cities and you can do it at the same time, do a walkthrough of your home. So those are the kind of innovation collaboration that's already happening. We're already working with companies like Natuzzi, which is a premier uh, leather products provider in Italy, and we're launching these solutions with them with some of our partners already.
0: Yeah, I see. Yeah, And a lot of the collaboration especially needs uh, not just point solutions, right? You need end-to-end support, including services and all the content and everything. So I think that's where a lot of value for enterprises as well, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We just, uh, you know, did a great LinkedIn video with our partners, both Qualcomm and a ISV called Sphere. This is where we work on another use case that's pretty popular on the augmented reality side, which is where you have your full spatial vision uh, and then a digital overlay. It has been around the remote worker and remote worker assistance, right? So, uh, if I am trying to fix something remotely. Or if I need help during a particular operation, I can dial back to an expert sitting in a different continent and he or she can see what I'm seeing. And they can actually overlay and help me fix that particular part right? or help me walk through a particular procedure. So those are the things that we are working with. And we've defined a very robust ecosystem of solution partners that help you deploy these solutions. And that's not the only part, right? When you're trying to like access a manual in a 3D format, how do you convert it from Mm. 2D to 3D? We provide those services as well. How do you make sure that you have a you have a more secure cloud infrastructure, right? Not everything can go into the virtual cloud. How do you make sure it's a more of a hybrid cloud or a private cloud infrastructure? We work with our customers to create those digital twins inside their cloud requirements and security requirements as well.
0: Okay, very interesting. So now let's address the elephant in the room: Apple's Vision Pro. I mean, uh, you know, historically, any industry or the market Apple enters, it significantly changes the landscape itself and probably same thing would happen with uh, xr i'd imagine so what is your view do you think uh, vision pro is changing uh, xr game
1: you know we are very excited about the vision pro announcement mm-hmm. when it came out and and the launch right we feel that the more Players, more tier one players that come in, it is better for the industry and it's a, it's a tide that's going to lift all boats. So it wasn't only the Vision Pro, there were a whole bunch of other slew of announcements at CES, mm-hmm. uh, which really made th- this CES a very iconic CES for XR in general, right? So besides the AI buzz, the XR buzz was quite palpable at CES as well. We strongly feel that it's great for the ecosystem. It's great for the recognition of what XR can do. And we are always uh, you know, excited to see uh, what these new players will bring in and honestly it brings up the standard for all the components uh, manufacturers you know in terms of yeah. when it comes to optics chipsets battery the material and finish uh, you know i think it raises the bar for everybody and as a person who requires the services from these vendors it makes our lives a lot more easier and it gives us a lot more access to new technologies
0: so that's a very good point at the same time i mean vision pro and apple they have a kind of a different strategy right and they're starting off with very high uh, price range compared to what the current you uh, know market is right now they have single device probably they will you know spin out into different models and different tiers as well but right now in a single device for both enterprise and uh, consumer market it's more of a mix i think it has a very less ar element it's more of a vr and a mr uh, mixed reality headset and um, there are tons of apps compared to others who started off. So how all of this will impact uh, the competition, right? Will it change uh, any of the competitions, including your strategy or uh, or, or not?
1: That's a great question, uh, Prakash. Our strategy mm-hmm. uh, with Think reality is very differentiated from our competitors in one key element. Mm-hmm. The fact that we are built ground up bottom-up for the enterprise and the enterprise only. We don't pretend to be a social media company or a gaming company. Or a consumer company, you know, just trying to create a device for those segments. And then, hey, oh, by the way, use this in the enterprise as well. Mm -hmm. We know for a fact it does not work, right? The enterprise needs devices that are comfortable, that can be worn for long periods of time. They need devices that don't have uh, wires in them, right? And where the battery life is, they're all-in-one devices. Mm -hmm. They need devices with the complete end-to-end solution around some of the services I talked about and the ISVs that are specific to that. So that's a very important differentiation. And finally, they need the kind of global enterprise thinking and applications that Lenovo can provide and only enterprise companies can provide, right? So I think those are the key elements that differentiate us from our competitors and uh, that that's a strategy that's always been uh, recognized in the industry and recognized by our customers as well another key point is the fact that when you're serving the enterprise you know there's a good chance that the worker mm-hmm. who wears the headset in the morning is going to have to share it with somebody in the afternoon right because they're using it for training or they're using it for remote operation uh, so we make sure that our devices work seamlessly across mm-hmm. different personnel and different factories we have removable faceplates we've got wipeable faceplates which are uh, you know engineered for comfort mm-hmm. These devices work mm-hmm. uh, across multiple user IDs as well. We don't lock you into just one mm-hmm. user ID, which a lot of these other devices, which are more consumer-centric, do. Mm-hmm. And then we provide the best-in-class security and privacy, so your data is your data, right? It doesn't go anywhere else, unlike uh, you know, some, of the, some of the other social media companies and gaming companies uh, who are you know, well-known uh, about, uh, about sharing data.
0: So uh, for enterprise market, probably needs more uh, optimized, tailor-made for their use case. Maybe not right now, but uh, in, the, in the long run, right? So I think being an enterprise player helps you understand those needs and maybe optimize a little bit more rather than just taking a off-the-shelf device. I mean if you look at the other markets where apple has entered right like using ipad for education or yeah. macbook for uh, enterprise and so on yeah most of these are off-the-shelf products selling into different verticals being a enterprise focused only company portions you better right or
1: absolutely absolutely and that's that's our unique advantage and that's what customers are looking for from us is that differentiation and even on the b2b to c side right we with with google chromebooks we tend to have a very high market share mm. in the education space and the higher education space as well and that's where we can leverage uh, you know our uh, our reputation and our product innovation quite substantially in those areas as well
0: the price range the as the current uh, price range as you mentioned is between 500 to 1500 covering both uh, consumer is on the lower side and enterprise on the higher side and you uh, know vision Stands at thirty five hundred. I mean, I think the estimates of the the bomb itself cost is around two thousand. So, playing a, a devil advocate a little bit, if your enterprise your elasticity on price is uh, much different, right? You can afford more expensive headsets compared to a consumer who is you know, probably not have that much of a, a budget. So, and you are you are setting a training facility. You are looking at a much longer life and multiple use cases and such. In such case, uh, enterprise would be open to a higher price range for their devices. Yeah. So how do you see that? Do you see the overall pricing for enterprise market at least go up or you think the lower pricing of non-Apple ecosystem will be a competitive advantage?
1: You know, there there will always be a niche market for that Mm -hmm. 2000 plus kind of devices. Uh, You know, we, we already have products like Vario who are already Correct. have sort of the same specs as the Apple device, even some sometimes even more superior.
0: Yeah.
1: That are already there, that are tethered to a workstation that have a very limited application, right? So mm-hmm. those will always be used. In fact we partner with Vario as well. Mm-hmm. But to me, if you look at the the sweet spot for the enterprise, it's somewhere in the uh, you know, eight hundred to thousand dollar range, right? That's what we try to uh, accomplish uh, with with the enterprise and it's not only uh, you know it's not only setting up these training rooms but being more portable as well mm-hmm. a lot of people when they when they onboard their employees mm-hmm. uh, they don't only send them their laptops they send them a vr headset as well where they where they do the employee onboarding, where they do all their trainings, because the focus and the retention is much better, yeah. right? So you can't, you know, you can't escape the portability element uh, and the fact that it is all in one, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this way you're not tied to a particular device ecosystem as well, right? Because not everybody in your company, if you have 200,000 employees, they're not all gonna be using a particular kind of laptop or a smartphone. So that portability, that enterprise all-in-one view is very important as well. And then of course, like you mentioned, there is the consumer side of the market, which is you know heavily subsidized, uh, where they're subsidizing the hardware, but hoping that uh, you're uh, attached to their ecosystem and playing games and, and subsidizing them through mm-hmm purchase of this this software right so on the enterprise side it's all about the ROI uh, that you can provide uh, and uh, you know there's obviously more elasticity but at the higher price points we've seen the the demand wane down quite a bit
0: I see okay and uh, and something to be said about uh, spatial computing as well I think that's one of the key things in Vision Pro in my view uh, and you know quite evident that Qualcomm also came up with a newer version of their XR chip supporting spatial computing. So where do you see that fit uh, for uh, no, for enterprise applications specifically?
1: I mean, I think spatial computing, mm-hmm. we've always been using the term spatial computing, right? I think in some ways it has been co-opted over the last couple of months, but mm-hmm. spatial computing is, is nothing new. And uh, AR, VR, MR is a subset of spatial computing and has always has always been right so
0: yeah.
1: uh, to us it's nothing new i think what's what's happening now is there's a lot of acceleration towards higher resolution Correct. displays you know and, and you can do that if you don't want a completely immersive environment if you want to just project 2d images in front of you that's quite possible so for us spatial computing is not a new term it, it's you know it's as old as uh, ar vr mr and even you know things like Tesla is a spatial computer, right? I mean, it's kind of um, measuring your, when it does its navigation or when it does uh, driver assistance, it uses the same technologies to give you a spatial map of where you are uh, to, to, to leverage that. So uh, spatial computing for us is, is nothing new. It's something that we've always been doing.
0: In terms of uh, ecosystem, I mean, content has always been an issue, especially enterprises need you know, specific content and so on. And uh, as you mentioned, they also need, you know, end-to-end support, uh, not just point solution. So what specifically are you guys doing to uh, work more on it? You you talked about a little bit uh, in the beginning, anything more to add?
1: Yeah, great, great question. Yeah, to, to me, for XR to scale in the enterprise or even consumer, right? I think the biggest yeah. Achilles heel has been around content, compelling content. Correct. And finally, we feel we're getting around that, you know, around around two key parameters, right? Two key vectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the vectors that we've invested in is working with Qualcomm Spaces to create an open ecosystem where these ISVs, these solution providers can create quickly create these applications across multiple devices, right? So that way they're not tied into a particular ecosystem. Mm-hmm and they get a huge roi from that investment so that's been sort of one vector where we, we strongly are believers in the open ecosystem and really encouraging that whole uh, ecosystem to be mm-hmm. android based as well as open xr based so that's one vector the other vector that's really accelerating adoption is uh, generative ai mm-hmm. and what it can do to help democratize content to help uh, make the content creation cheaper and faster yeah uh, you know because if you look at xr content it's basically 3D content, right? It, it's an art form. It's, it's sometimes something that requires Hollywood-level studio, yeah. studio graphics and uh, capture. It requires people with those kind of skills like, you know, digital graphic skills to create content mm-hmm. even and and uh, create digital twins. Now with generative AI, what yeah. could be done by 50 people can now be done by five people, right? Uh, you, you now have applications that let you do text to 3D, uh, text to like complete immersive 3D worlds. Mm-hmm. We were actually at CES, uh, at the Lenovo, uh, lounge we were showing something with one of our partners where you had a 3d assistant that would help you create these 3d worlds you know on the fly or it will help you like mm-hmm. create these different engine models on the fly using generative ai so we're already seeing the adoption of that uh, really help the content becoming a lot more compelling and a lot cheaper that will ha- allow this whole isv ecosystem to to expand even further
0: very well so uh, looking forward what do you think is the growth trajectory? I mean, say, if you are on, on our podcast in the next three years, where do you think the market will be, what are the things will be available in the market, and what are the things that we'd be talking about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're already seeing an inflection point when it comes to the enterprise adoption uh, of, of VR technologies. Mm-hmm. AR is right behind that on the enterprise side as well. You know, we've had a successful launch of our A3 product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, and when it comes to the remote worker, AR is getting there in terms of comfort uh, battery life and optics as well so the the next 18 months to 2 years are going to be super exciting where we actually see scale and measurable roi that is converted into a lot of customer interest and uh, the consumer space continues to be you know something that we keep monitoring uh, that's going to be exciting but you know the, for that the price points have to get to the right level and uh, you know the content has to get to the right you know need to consume in 3d Mode where that is very clear on the enterprise side when it comes to the focus, the digital twins, uh, and the remote assistance. It's still not that clear on the consumer side.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Uh, My progress on AR specifically is (laughs) technology-wise, it's still far away from uh, consumer adoption. Uh, I don't see people wearing AR glasses in the form they are now you know all day and then they're walking around and so on for an uh, enterprise you're using for that specific use you wear it and do that thing and take it off right so uh, we'll see how that goes vr i think has gaming and you know content consumption and so on there a lot of scope for that but er on a consumer side and you know, i'm a little bit pessimistic as at least for now we'll see so we covered uh, quite a lot of ground uh, vishal any closing thoughts
1: uh, no, thank you very much. I really enjoyed the conversation. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, really helping this uh, industry scale. And, uh, you know, we, we get a lot of good feedback on Lenovo being the right partner that can provide that end-to-end solution in a, in a safe, safe, secure environment. So uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, working and collaborating with our partners and, and really helping, uh, you know, build this ecosystem out.
0: Perfect. Uh, thank you very much for coming over to Tantra's Mantra and sharing your views and uh, indulging in uh, an informative and engaging discussion. XR, indeed, uh, a fascinating yet evolving industry. I'll uh, closely be monitoring it. Hope to have you back on the show sometime in the near future to discuss you know, how, how things have progressed.
1: Absolutely. Would be my pleasure.
0: All right. Thanks again. So folks, that's all we have for now. Hope you found this discussion informative and useful. If so, please hit like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening this on. Don't forget to check out our other uh, episodes. I'll be back very soon with another episode, putting light on another exciting tech subject. Bye-bye for now.